Good morning, everyone. Move this over here so we're in the middle a little bit. Normally, when you know you get up here, you want to hype everybody up and say, "Who's excited?" I just want to say, "Who's tired?" Is anybody else tired here? Because I am. Went out to dinner last night. You know, one of these dinners, and we just thought we could order from the menu, but they had other plans. Uh, and they had this wonderful, expensive meal. And the last thing they gave me at 8:30 p.m. or later was a cappuccino, a large one, which meant that I was up until 3:30 in the morning, just laying in bed. <laughs> Um, you know, so I've just been <clears throat> ready to go. But I'm excited to be with you here this morning. As you heard earlier, my name's Josh. Uh, I have the privilege of sharing with you this morning, as it seems like I often get to at this time of year. I also have the uh, unique honor of being your pastor's brother-in-law. We married sisters. You know Kate Winwell. My wife, Rachel, is here with us this morning. And it's, it's, um, it's fun to be here at the beginning of the year, really. Um, I, uh, before I, I, I lived in Seattle, I was... Um, uh, serving on staff at Nassau Christian Center, which is uh, a church right over there in Princeton, uh, while I was in school. And actually, I'm from New Jersey. I'm from South Jersey, about an hour uh, south of here. Um, so I'm excited that I can be in the state to see maybe the Eagles win today. I don't know. We'll see how that goes. Uh, this morning, I'd like to start off uh, with the beginning of what some scholars say may be the very first gospel, the first biography of Jesus Christ. Uh, that was written, that we have today, and in that, the very opening verses of that gospel, uh, the gospel of Mark chapter 1. So if you want to follow along the screen, please feel free or just listen along with me as the first hearers of the gospel would have. Beginning at verse 1. The beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord and make straight paths for him. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him. And confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me comes one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Will you pray with me? Lord, I ask this morning at the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts, would be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, I'm going to say what we've been saying to each other for hours now, and we've already said a bunch. Happy New Year. It is a new year, undeniably. It's 2023, which means you're going to write the date wrong for at least another month or so. Uh, and you're here this morning, right? You could be at home in your pajamas watching online right now. And yet you're here. Look at you guys. Nice work, right? Uh, you could even just be sleeping. I don't know, but you're here this morning. And so that's exciting. We are the few, the proud, and probably also the uh, tired, as I said. It is a new year with all that comes with it. Not just a new date, but new challenges, new resolutions, new changes in your life, whatever it might be. And it is also clearly... In the words that we just read from the first chapter of Mark, it's a beginning. 
It is a beginning. And here we are on that first day. There is for all of us here a journey ahead for us. And so I'm asking you this morning if you'll journey with me a little bit as we think about beginning. Um, and to do that, I want to look a little bit, I'm going to look a lot back in the past, but I'll, I'll give you a sense of some various beginnings that have been in my life. Uh, we'll go back to 2022, for instance. Uh, you, know, you may remember that year. Uh, and um, uh, 2022 is very exciting for me, a lot of things going on, including uh, something that was very meaningful for me, uh, you know, in September or late August of 2022, uh, the Lord of the Rings TV show premiered, which was very exciting. Um, the Rings of Power, if you don't know what that is, nerd, you know, things like that. Anyway, uh, so, you know, there's this new TV show that Amazon was putting out. There's elves or and there's little people running around with swords. There's all sorts of stuff going on, right? And uh, it was a big deal. I even got to go see the opening episodes in the movie theater. Very exciting. Amazon was really promoting the heck out of it. And, you know, this, in this story, some of you may know the movies The Lord of the Rings that came out a few years back. Uh, in this story, The Rings of Power, it tells the backstory. It tells the um, prequel, if you will, the early versions of what happened before you get to The Lord of the Rings. And one of the things that's interesting, because I really went deep, right? Like, I got the soundtrack loaded up on Spotify, like you do. And, you know, and then I got my, um, <clears throat> a copy of a book called, here it is, The Silmarillion, which is also written by J.R.R. Tolkien. This is going somewhere. And, you know, this is, these are his legends of uh, the Lord of the Rings world, how everything came to be, how everything got set up. This is the backstory. And so I'm sitting there. Uh, I have this little side room in my house with a wingback chair and an ottoman. And I'm sitting there maybe drinking some tea, listening to the Lord of the Rings soundtrack on my on my speaker, reading through this book. And of course, very early on in this book, Tolkien decides to talk about a beginning. And one of the things that I find interesting here, uh, very beautiful here, is that when, when J.R.R. Tolkien writes about the beginning of this imaginary world that he creates in his mind, this fantasy world, this world with all these things that we've seen in the movie or we've heard about in all of this, this whole world began as a song. In this music, the world was begun, for Iluvatar, the god of this world, made visible the song, and they beheld this song as light in the darkness. Very evocatively, he says, the music and the echo of the music went out into the void, and it was not void, and there was a beginning. And of course, that makes me think, right, and take it at another level, some of you might not read all that Lord of the Rings stuff, but maybe you or you've read to your children uh, the Chronicles of Narnia, right? You know, Aslan, spoiler, he's Jesus, you know, all sorts of things like this. And uh, in the Chronicles of Narnia, C.S. Lewis, who is a friend of J.R.R. Tolkien, Tolkien actually was partially instrumental in leading him to follow Jesus, um, C.S. Lewis is writing the story, the backstory of Narnia, the lamppost and all this kind of stuff, and and what's going on, Peter, Edmund, Susan, and Lucy. And in the Chronicles of Narnia, there it is again. Once again, there's a beginning, and for whatever reason, it's all about music and about a song. Lewis writes this. In the darkness, something was happening at last. A voice had begun to sing. 
And one moment, there was nothing but darkness. The next moment, a thousand, thousand points of light leaped out. And if you had heard it, as Diggory did, you would have felt quite certain that it was the first voice, the deep one, which made them appear and made them sing. And the world comes into being with a song, perfectly in tune, a beginning. There is just something about first days. And, you know, as I'm, as I'm thinking through what Mark says here about this new beginning that he talks about in Jesus Christ, and I think about um, new days and first days, I don't get to be back here a lot in New Jersey. Matter of fact, um, except for a brief visit to um, go to a uh, Phillies playoff game in October, uh, I haven't been back here in, in New Jersey since, since January. Um, and it's probably the longest time that I've been away from my home state. I was born uh, in New Jersey. I, I grew up in New Jersey. I, uh, I, I did a lot of things in New Jersey. This, this is my home. And when I come back here, my wife and I are always, are always shuttling back and forth between Cumberland County, way down in South Jersey, to spend time with both of our families. But uh, not just New Jersey, but also this kind of part of New Jersey. Um, uh, my, my first days uh, in this part of New Jersey took place, gosh, I don't know, in the year 2001 or 2002, when I first went over and visited Princeton for the very first time. Now, you would think growing up in New Jersey, I would have been to Princeton before, but no, never crossed a certain line north. I'm very much a South Jersey guy, right? So I remember going there, and of course, the first thing you do is when you go to Princeton is you go to PJ's Pancake House. Only later do you discover that they're not very good pancakes, but you know, there you are, and I remember going there. I remember walking, I went to the seminary there, and somehow I just knew as I walked onto that campus that this just... It seemed to be what God had for me. Like, this was going to be the beginning of the next phase of my life. I remember, actually, the first time I visited the church that I would later be a youth pastor at, Nassau Christian Center in Princeton. And I visited this church, and I think, uh, with friends of mine, and I think uh, Caitlin and Rachel had just come back from a missions trip or something. I had no idea who they are, who they were. They were sharing testimonies on stage. I may, that may have been the first time I ever laid eyes on the woman that would become my wife. Uh, and there was a beginning a certain kind of day. Um, uh, oh, there's the church, by the way, on the screen. Can you see that? I see, I see that back there, but it's up there too. Good. Um, I remember the fir- one of the first days I was at graduate school in Princeton, and I decided, you know, my name's Josh, right? But my middle name is Ryan, so I thought, new day, I'm a graduate student, I'm gonna go by my middle name. I was J. Ryan Ziefel for like 10 seconds until I thought it was stupid. So I put the name tag away and crossed that off. I remember like my first days uh, as a youth pastor. I remember my first date with Rachel, which unfortunately was a recycled date that I went on with another girl that later I told her about. Never do that. Um, You can recycle the date, just never tell them. Uh, You know, my first day, my first hours, my first minutes as as a married man were all happening here in this state of New Jersey. Uh, the first moment I became Dr. Zeefel was right here in this place. And so when I come home here for Christmas, there are a lot of firsts. Now, some of you may be like me, a New Jersey person, born and bred. Others of you, home may be far away, and a lot of those firsts happen somewhere else. But you have these places, these beginnings, the song that is you, if you will. Coming back here to New Jersey is also... Uh, also brings some meaning, too, because sometimes, you know, when, you're, when you spend so much time in a place, uh, you get to know people really well, and you get to form friendships uh, really deeply. 
Some of you, you might be thinking right now of those, those friends that you've had for life. Uh, pretty much the longest friendship in, in my life is with a guy named Mike. We first became friends in 1994. I was an eighth grader, so he was older, one of the kind of college-age leaders in the youth group, and he kind of took me under, my wing, under his wing, mentored me. Uh, maybe you're doing that for somebody right now. Maybe you have somebody older in your life that is a mentor for you. And we would go on adventures. We'd have long talks. We'd get together with friends and games. Like I said, he would mentor me. He started the Fantasy Football League, which I almost won this year, but didn't once again. He ended up being the best man in my wedding. Um, exchanged Christmas gifts every year. Um, to give you an idea of the kind of way that he knew me, last year um, I received a set of theologian trading cards, which is an odd thing to give, and also a Captain Picard Phillies bobblehead. So this was, these were the kind of gifts that we had. And all that friendship began once upon a time. You know far more about me than you ever should, but there it is. That's a lot of the firsts and the beginnings that I have had in this place that we call New Jersey. When Mark, in the first uh, verses of the gospel, starts off by saying, in the beginning, he's not doing this just for the heck of it. I mean, John, the author of another one of the gospels, another one of the biographies or stories of Jesus, does the same thing. He starts his gospel, and he says this, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And John and Mark are both doing this because the very first verse of the Bible is that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and void, etc., etc. As Mark is talking about this new thing that is happening, he is pointing all the way back to the beginning of everything that is, and he says, this is as important as what happened when everything was made. This moment that I'm going to write about, this story that I'm going to tell you, this song that I'm going to sing, is the most important one since the first one. So Mark chapter 1, everything that I read earlier, it echoes what happens in the story of beginnings. And it's not just the beginning of something generically, but it's actually an announcement. Because Mark says, this is the beginning of the gospel. Uh, you know, we hear the word gospel. You might think gospel music, obviously. You might think preaching the gospel. You might think all of these things. But this word gospel actually means something to the people that would have first heard it. It means, among other things, good news. The beginning of the good news. Not just generic news, not bad news, but good news. And not only that, because in this time, in this moment, in this era, in this season in which the Roman Empire ruled the whole world, when someone said that word in the language that they spoke at that time, they knew that this was an empire word, an imperial word. Who would have the same kind of gospel spoken of them? None less, none, no less than the emperor himself. You can see some evidence of this if you look in the history that when people talk about a gospel going forth, it's not about Jesus. It's about Augustus, the emperor of all the Romans. And so Mark takes that word. He says, I'm going to use this right now. And he puts it in his gospel. And he says, this is the big beginning of something world changing. One commentator says this about the word. He says, this is a historical event which introduces a new situation for the entire world. 
Not just a couple of shepherds out in the field. Not just a young woman and a guy she was betrothed to. Not even to just a few kings, but to what all of those people represent. Every living being in the entire creation. This is what this beginning is. And it's not just the beginning of some generic good news. It's the good news about Jesus Christ. Jesus the Messiah. Christ meaning anointed one. The one that God has pointed to and says, this is the one who is not just some nice guy, some happy little baby that doesn't cry, even though he probably did all of this. But this is the beginning of the gospel, the good news, the announcement imperially of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And that's the first verse of this, of this story of Jesus' life. Mark's not hiding anything here. You know, sometimes, like, I just watched that new Knives Out sequel, you know, where they, it's, it's, a, it's a murder mystery like Clue or something, and you don't know what's happening until the very end. Mark would be really bad at writing that because he gives you all the answers in the very first verse. There are no surprises. We know who the character is. That's how it is. But it's much more than that, because as you read through all of the stories of Jesus' life, whether you're reading Mark or Matthew or Luke or John or whatever it might be, there's all this detail that gets filled in. There's all this extra content that you have. As we move through Mark 1, we see that it's now that we know who Jesus is and what he's about, this guy named John the Baptist shows up. We might, oh, John the Baptist, he's this little side character that we get by in the Gospels. But what does he do? He's, after Mark says, this is this new big thing, John comes and says, all right, there's this new big thing here. Are you ready? Are you ready to understand what's going on? Are you ready to be orienting yourself to actually receive this? Are you ready to position yourself to know what this new good news, this imperial announcement is? Are you looking in the right direction? Are you ready to hear and be changed and grow? And so in some sense, we know all we need to know about Jesus in Mark 1.1, but then John reminds us, oh, there is more. And then if you read on in Mark, you find, oh, the story of Jesus doesn't end there because there's more. We learn about how Jesus heals, about how Jesus teaches, about how Jesus lives, about how Jesus calls people to himself to follow a new and transformative way of life. And then how Jesus, again, <laughs> we know the story, how Jesus goes to the cross and changes everything. You can also read in the gospel, the stories of Jesus, and not just in Mark, that his disciples, the people he calls to follow him, don't seem to get it, right? I mean, think about this. You know, because you just heard me say it, and you read it on the screen, who Jesus is, right? Who's Jesus? Well, he's the, he's the Messiah, the Son of God, right? We know all of this. You know, and we have all of the benefit of hearing Pastor Brian teach us, of reading, of learning, of looking at the scripture ourselves to understand all this. As you read through the Gospels, the disciples don't know what's going on. Jesus might say, I'm the Son of God, and they're like, wow, cool, what does that mean? You know, uh, Jesus, they're, they're really trying to understand who he is. Matter of fact, in the Gospel of Mark, in the very middle of the Gospel of Mark, um, Jesus says, hey, guys, who do, you, who, who do people say that I am? Oh, I don't know, John the Baptist, Elijah, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, okay. And then he looks, you know, looks at them, maybe looks right at Peter, and he says, well, who do you say that I am? 
And then Peter, very proud of himself, you know, he basically, he, he basically catches up to the first, very first verse of Mark. And he says, oh, you're, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. Bingo. Good job, Peter. So now finally the disciples have figured out who Jesus is. And then immediately Jesus says he has to die. I'm not ready for all that, right? And the disciples, you find, understand nothing about what it means to be the Son of God, nothing about what it means to be the Christ, nothing about what this good news is really about. Peter's like, no. And then Jesus in one of the Gospels says, get behind me, Satan. Not the greatest starting point there. And then it goes on as they, as they try to figure out what it means to be following Jesus, who Jesus is and what he has to do, all of this going on, filling out the content of this new gospel, of this new good news. Now, we, of course, have the benefit of standing outside all of these stories. We've heard them before, and not just at the beginning of them. And we know that this story that Jesus has for us, this work that Jesus does and will do in and through us, is a story of deliverance, being delivered from one situation to a better one. A story of a new day dawning, a story of life over death, and a story of a transformation of our own lives. I mean, like LeVar Burton used to say in Reading Rainbow, you don't have to take my word for it. I could give you a microphone and you could tell me all the different ways that Jesus has transformed your life. In ways huge and in ways sometimes small, but no less important. And so we know that because of this beginning, this new day, that we can follow him in our life. We can be transformed. And we can be a part of his mission. So, in Mark, right here, it's the beginning of the story of the life of Jesus. It's the beginning of his work from that time to right now and on into the future. And it's the story of of his work, if we let him, in me, and in you, and in all of us, and in this place, and in this community, and, you know, this, this moment, and this time. Beginnings are kind of exciting. Um, they are. I like beginnings, right? It's a new fresh day, right? Uh, I, um, you know, during worship, you may have noticed, because uh, 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 normally I'm a little, I'm a little like, um, what, is this, what is this word? Uh, you know, when everybody else is doing one thing and you want to do the other thing, everybody's standing, I'm like, I'm going to sit. So sometimes during worship, I sit or I kneel and do different things. But I was just, I was just there, and I was, I was really, I felt like the Spirit was, was just speaking to me and, and, and moving in my heart that there's both what I have in my heart to share this morning, but also the weight of this day, that it is a new, fresh day. It's just a calendar page. We made up days, right? We invented days. It doesn't really mean anything. It's still, well, it's not cold outside, but it's still winter, right? It's, it's, it's just another day. If we'd made the calendar different, this wouldn't be New Year's Day. But it is. It happens to be in our system. And yet it has this meaning. And the weight of this new day inspires me. You know, We watched the, uh, the, the, the ball drop last night. And wouldn't you know, Brian laughed at this when we watched it last night, 10 seconds after it, it went to commercial. And you know the first thing that was on the commercial? A gym commercial. Because they know, what you and I know, is that we've been eating way too much for the past week. And we're all going to get excited and sign up for a gym membership that they will never, ever, ever let us cancel. Um, even though we will go two times, and that will be it, because we get inspired at these beginnings. There is a trouble 
with beginnings, though. And there's a big asterisk with beginnings, as inspiring as they are, and it is that beginnings end. That's the trouble with them. They do end. I mean, 2022, whether it was your worst year or your best year or whatever, it is over. 2022 is over. It's done. It's in the can. It's dead. It's gone. It's not coming back. That's just a reality. And in about 364 days and 12 hours and 33 minutes and 32 seconds, this year will be over. Yeah, I used the clock back there. So all of this will end. And all of those inspiring, fun things I told you about my life in New Jersey, all those things that happened, that season of my life is over right now. That's, that's, that's in the past. When I show up here, I'm just a visitor. I'm like a ghost floating around in places that I, all these things used to happen to me. And stories, whether it's, you know, a great book you're reading, a television show you're watching on uh, Amazon Prime, or whatever it might be, one day that will be, you know, that, that show will come to an end. Uh, unless it's maybe, I don't know, law and order, then it will just go on forever. Um, seasons in your life will pass away. And you know this, especially those of us who are a few more years behind us, you, you know that there are seasons of your life that come and go and, uh, and pass away, and some much more tragically than others. And relationships in life. Well, relationships, friendships, things like this, well, they, they, will, they will come and go, they will ebb and flow. And even a lifelong relationship, I'll get real dark here for just a second, even a lifelong relationship, listen to the way that we define that, lifelong. And life normally ends just one way. All beginnings come to an end. Uh, my friend that I told you about, my friend of all of those years, um, uh, last August, I got a phone call from him. And, uh, you know, we, don't, we didn't talk a lot on the phone, you know, but, you know, one of those things, he calls me and he says, he has a message, he says, Josh, I got to tell you something. And I, you know, I knew his mother had been ill, so I thought he was going to tell me that his mother had passed away or something, you know, something like this, very, you know, emotional. And, he, and I, I call him up on the drive home and uh, he, he says to me, uh, Josh, I went to the doctor and uh, I have stage four cancer. You know, um, and I'm just taking this in on the drive home. You know, maybe you've had calls like this and you know, you know what this conversation goes like. And I prayed with him and went home and I talked to my wife, Rachel. And it was this, <laughs> this, this real moment in my life. And uh, in about four weeks from there, I was back here in New Jersey at the church where we first met where him and I were both baptized, performing his funeral. Because that, that, that season, that relationship, that friendship, that beginning, it had an end. And it ended, actually, oddly enough, in the very place that it began, uh, which, made it, uh, which made it no less tragic and, and, and horrible. And so that's the thing about beginnings, right? Whatever it might be, beginnings end. Sort of. <laughs> Maybe you see where I'm going here. There is one song that does not end. There is one story that does not come to a close. Back to C.S. Lewis uh, in the Chronicles of Narnia, switching to the very last book chronologically in the series called 
uh, The Last Battle. There's a moment in this book that I had to look up because I didn't know exactly where it was, but there's these two characters talking about this whole imaginary world that C.S. Lewis makes. And the quotation is this. This is one character, and she says, Oh, Jewel, wouldn't it be lovely if Narnia just went on and on, like what you said it has been? Nay, sister, answered Jewel, all worlds draw to an end, except Aslan's own country. All things come to an end, but one. And the one that doesn't end, well, it's, it's Aslan's own country. Aslan, again, is this, this, this stand in the symbol of Jesus. The story that doesn't end is, is here. The story that doesn't end is what we learn about right there that I read you at the beginning of this message in Mark 1.1, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It, it doesn't end. It's not over. And so like all of everyone that has ever heard this scripture, heard this message, read it from the page, whatever it might be, heard whispers of it in the dark, like all of us who have heard the scripture, we are now, you and me, at a potential point of beginning. We know who Mark says Jesus is, but we have so much to learn and get ready for that, not for more than just knowing that bare fact. And Jesus has a lot to do in and through you this year and all the years that you have on this earth. Now, like Jesus' first disciples, uh, you may know little of Jesus, or you might have to unlearn what you, what you think you know. I mean, that's part of it all, too. We may have to know him deeper, or maybe you have to know him for the first time. But as John the Baptist reminds us in Mark 1, it's something that you have to want and you have to get ready for and you have to position yourself for it and you have to turn to look to accept. You have to be ready. Now, sometimes beginnings um, are obvious. We all knew what was going to happen at 12.01 a.m. this morning. It happens every year. We all knew it was going to happen. And sometimes new beginnings come uh, unannounced. Sometimes new beginnings take preparation. But sometimes they're a choice. We have no choice about what happened this morning. But we do have other choices in life about new beginnings that can happen. So I am here to ask myself, but also to ask you to make a choice for, for a new beginning that Jesus has for you, available to each of us whether you have embraced it 50 times before or never once till now. So what? Will you mark this uh, day, this week, this season uh, as a new beginning? Not just of a year, a television show or anything else, but the beginning of the everlasting gospel's work in your life. Will you trust Jesus that this is good news? that this is an opportunity for change in your life, a new story. Maybe it's a freedom you need from something that holds you back, transformation of something in your life, a completely new life, a beginning, a gospel. Will you get ready for what he wants to do in you? Because here's the thing. I want you to be careful 
<laughs> I need to be careful myself. Don't waste your time investing your whole life in beginnings that do not last. Don't do it. Don't waste your whole life investing everything in beginnings that do not last. And there are many good beginnings out there and things worthy of starting. I mean, absolutely. I lost my relationship with my friend Mike. That beginning ended, and I wouldn't change that for the world. But if my entire existence and everything was dependent on relationships and things that will end, bridges that will fall apart, floors that will fall out from under me, I, I, I've I bet it all on, on something that is, is like smoke in my fingers. Don't for a minute pretend all those other things are eternal or all that you would need, even if they might feel that way to you in the moment. It isn't just because this is the first day of the year that I'm talking about new beginnings and why you should think about a new beginning. You should think about a new beginning because Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is here right now. For me, for you, for us, for everyone outside of those doors. It's a beginning that will last because his gospel is the only thing that will. Will you stand with me this morning? I am going to ask you all to come forward in just a second. And let me tell you something. I, I have to confess something to you. This happened, I was in my church and I'm not a pastor on staff right now. My wife and I attend our church and the pastor said, hey, if you would like more of God's spirit work in your life, come forward. And I was in a mood that morning. And I said, I don't know, I don't know if I wanna go forth. And everyone went forth, and I thought to myself, why? Why do I not want God's spirit to do a work in my life? Well, of course I do, what's going on? So listen, I am not here to guilt or shame you, but I would like, if you are able, all of you to just come forward as close as you can to the front here. Because I wanna pray for you this morning, here at the beginning of this year. Sometimes getting up and moving the body and being in this place is important. If you need a new beginning this morning because you feel lost and, and you need a new direction, I, I want to I pray for you this morning. If you need a new beginning because you know, oh gosh, something is broken in here, something is failing, I want to I pray for you this morning. If you want a new beginning because you've, you've followed God, you've tried to, but you've, I don't know, you've lost the way. You've gotten distracted. And I know this happens. If you need a new beginning because, you know, like, I've been skimming the surface. This is now the time where I want to go deeper in my walk with Jesus. Well, it's time for a new beginning. If there's any other reason why you need a new beginning, this is the place and this is the time and this is the space to have that. Let's pray this morning. Jesus, we come before you this morning. I come before you, Lord, as well, <sighs> seeking a new beginning. Lord, for those who are here that just feel lost, God, I pray <laughs> you would light, be a lamp unto their feet and a light unto their path, that they would run to you, Lord, and you would guide them and carry them through all the confusing ways in which they walk. If anyone here is just feel, feeling like there's a failure and there's 
brokenness, and there's hurt. God, you who are the great physician in ways more than just physical, meet them here in this place, in this time of new beginning, Lord. For those who feel like oh, they've lost the way and they need a new beginning with you, God, give them that map to guide them back on the path. For those who say, I need to, I can't even articulate it, but I just want to go deeper and follow, and follow Jesus more, Lord, I pray that you would take them into the depths. I pray that you'd give them the courage to follow you, you who are mighty and powerful, but good. So good. And Lord, any other new beginnings that are needed here this morning, in my life or our lives, ones we can't even quite articulate and put to words. God, that you would grant us those new beginnings. A new beginning that would not fail, not falter. A new beginning that would last. Lord, bless these your people. Keep them. Make your face to shine upon them. And give them your peace. Pray in Jesus' mighty name. Jesus' mighty name.